Hello, hi, I'm Zanzi and welcome back to Sisters Without Shame, a no-holds-barred podcast that is proudly brought to you by Health from Zanzi. I'm your host, Nolu Tandun Nakani, and I am here to hold your hand as you seek the answers to those medical shames and woes you dare not speak of in public. No bump or lump is too embarrassing here. You are in a safe space, Nana. bit of a serious question for the ladies this week but when last did you get a pap smear babes anywho according to the western cape department of health cervical cancer is the second most common cancer among south african women after breast cancer while the cancer association of south africa tells us that one in every 42 women has a lifetime risk of being diagnosed with cervical cancer odds are not in our favor But did you know that cervical cancer can be successfully treated if detected in the early stages of the disease? Hillcrest native Rafa Nievenhazen is our cervical cancer warrior guest this week and shares exactly how early detection can save lives. She is also a nurse by profession and was diagnosed with cervical cancer five years ago. What advice would you give to women who might hesitate to get checked for cervical cancers? My advice right there is to not to hesitate. That five to 10 minute test that it takes is way, way better than spending months in the gynae or months having certain procedures done, chemotherapy, radiation, etc., for something that can be picked up and treated in early stages. So never, ever hesitate. Don't put it off. How did your experience through cervical cancer change you? I was 52 years old working and what I thought was possibly just general menopause change of life happening kind of brushed it one side which I know I shouldn't have I should have probably scheduled an appointment to see my gynae immediately but I didn't I spoke to my GP who is a really good friend of mine as well we were in the middle of an event in the sort of rural areas and he said to me get back to town now you go and have a pap smear done. And he said, get them to send me the results and we'll deal with it from there. So I did. And two days later, we got the results and the results were positive. It was a huge shock, but was kicking myself for the fact that I had missed a few pap smears. So this could have been picked up earlier than what it was. What is the earliest age that, you know, women can be diagnosed with cervical cancer? You can be screened from an early age. The recommended age is 40. However, once you are sexually active and nowadays from really a young age and often with multiple partners, your gynae visits should be the time to have an annual or every two years pap smear done. And if there is any untoward bleeding or unexplained things happening in your body, you need to possibly go and see the gynae and have another one done. Ray, I'd also like to know, what questions do you think that, you know, newly diagnosed patients can ask their doctors early on? And what are the things that you wish that you knew then that you know now? When you are diagnosed and given the info, your gynecologist, you're so incredibly overwhelmed that you, you honestly don't know what questions to ask. He's going to say to you, you know, do you want to know anything? I can remember asking, the very first thing I asked is, when do we start treatment? And how long is the treatment? I didn't ask him anything really. It was just a case of when are we going to start treatment? 
And I took a pen and paper with me to my next meetings with him. At home, I chatted to my family and that as well. And anything they wanted to know or something I then thought of, I wrote it down and I asked him at our next meeting. One was, how is this going to affect me long-term? Am I going to be able to work whilst undergoing treatment? Is this going to require me being in hospital for long periods of time? Or are we able to do this as an outpatient? The other part of it is something that I wished I had have done was had have gone for all my pap smears and not just missed them for the sake of not going. Because the tumor was quite big and we would have definitely have picked it up before it reached stage two. Especially rural communities where, you know, going to the Guyanese kind of frowned upon. Just from what you've gone through, like, you know, how important is it for women to continue to do those regular checks? It's very important, extremely important. The quicker they pick up the abnormal cells when they are still precancerous, it's better to pick it up then rather than pick up the stage where it now requires chemo, radiation and whatever else is suggested. I know there is a problem in the rural areas because of the scarcity of the clinics. But I think most of the clinics do offer any pap smears or to get a referral to a hospital. Yes, they do indeed. I'd also like to know, you did kind of stress the importance of family support. How can family and friends best support a woman then during the journey? A lot of it is just allowing them to talk, you know, just to offer that support by chatting, maybe being with them when they need to go for the radiation treatment. I know it's a bit difficult now with COVID and all that, but prior to that, to being with them and sit and chat and have a cup of tea together, talk about what effects the radiation is having on your body, as well as the chemo. And then for your family to be 100% open with your family. And if you are feeling rotten, you need to tell them, there's no need to soldier on and pretend that everything is okay. So that they in turn will also do their bit at home and not expect you to be a hundred percent mom all the time. You know, as women, we like to be up. I know. <laughs> There's no chilling for us. You can't take a chill pill. It's like you no. us when you tell us to relax. No. <laughs> but I promise you, but you will. Undergoing treatment, you will. You have to. In order to get through it, you have to honestly take day by day. And then, Ray, also, what was the most difficult part of your cancer journey and what did you kind of do to help yourself get through it? The most difficult part was really waiting for the results of each scan. You know, this is now during treatment, each scan, each blood test to see if there was some sort of improvement. And then also dealing with the side effects of the chemo as well as the radiation. They were horrible times. But I just took one day at a time. I know there's a lot of people who counted the radiation first session, second session, third session. I didn't. I think I counted probably the first three or four. And then I decided I wasn't going to count it. Today we were going to do this. You know, it was just honestly day by day that we went through it. How long have you been cancer free now? I finished treatment five years ago. In 2017, I finished treatment. So I've got one more year to go to say I've genuinely kicked this now. There's no more cancer, which I'm, you know, really, really grateful for. But obviously, I picked up a lot of side effects from the chemo and the radiation, which I've dealt with. I'd say the last two years, I've been really good. You can beat cancer, COVID and all these other things in the world. They have nothing on I you. hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining this week's episode of Sisters Without Shame, Ray. For more on Ray's journey to survivorship, check out healthfromzanzi.co.za. 
Now remember, if you are in a medical jam, you can send an email to hello at healthformzanzi.co.za or send us an SOS on 076-132-0454. I would never blue tick you, babes. Now, ladies, the earlier abnormalities in the cervix cells are detected, the better the changes will be of treating the cancer successfully. Get your pap smear, especially if you are sexually active. Continue to kick cancer's ass, Ray. That brings us to the end of episode 27 of Sisters Without Shame, proudly brought to you by Healthform Zanzi. From me, Lulu Ngakani, have a great week. And remember to show your girl some love by sharing this podcast with a friend.